Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, they'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. We're We're your hosts. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. Our guest today is an architect at the esteemed firm of Ferguson Shamamian, Damian Samora. He's originally from Colorado, graduated from Notre Dame with a Bachelor's of Architecture, and started his career in London before moving to New York and joining the team. He's designed everything from rustic mountain retreats to historic apartment buildings and large family homes. Um, Ferguson Shamamian is on the AD100 list. They've been featured in all of the top design um, magazines. And they also have a book, several books. Uh, one book now. More one coming book. out. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, more more to, come. to come. One yes. really big book. So it's worth it. <laughs> uh, yes. You get your money's worth. I'll say that much. It's coffee table size, that's for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you very You're much. Welcome, Damien. So digging into your website a little bit, I loved reading about the firm's background because the two founding partners, Mark Ferguson and Oscar Shamamian, met, and this is this ties a little bit in back to Ballard. They met working at Albert Hadley, where Bonnie Williams worked, many of our past podcast guests as well. And um, I thought it was so interesting that they talked about their experience there and how they really, their role was to support the decorator. And um, they said, we invented the background for decoration. And I thought that was so interesting and um, probably sets, you know, your firm apart Mm -hmm. from some of the other ones. And and maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about that. And because I know you also have um, close partnerships with, you know, designers. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, um, I fortunately, you know, kind of hopped on that train, right? Mark and Oscar, you know, started the engine up and started it. And I think, you know, in reflecting on it, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can design a home without thinking about interior design and decoration. You know, because it's in a way, it's all I've ever known. Um, but after you know, getting you know, talking to colleagues and other architects that I know, not only in residential work but in institutional work and things like that, you start realizing like how Im- how important it is to you know, you can't really design a room without thinking about the furniture. Mm-hmm. You can't really um, design a window without you know thinking about how it's going to be treated. Um, or else you end up with not enough space above the window for a curtain rod. And then you get that bad phone call. You don't want that from an interior designer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And you don't want want the window looks upon, you know? Yeah. I'm looking at a wall. What it looks upon, what your window, what the view is. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the views and um, the, the, you know, the the way things line up though, you know, making sure that the the toilet's not in view. Right. You know, when you walk into the room that it's on the other side of the door or it's, you know, small moves like that, you you have to know how people live um, mm-hmm. or, or want to live and uh, and design accordingly and how the, the interior designer wants to work that way, too. Right. All um, those nuances that no one thinks about until you're in a space and it feels uncomfortable and you don't know mm-hmm. why. Yeah. 
or or the bathroom door opens and you realize there's nothing you can do. You're like, exactly. hey, <laughs> what up? <laughs> exactly. But I think, you know, Mark and Oscar have, um, you know, they, they started their practice always thinking about interior design and decoration while they design beautiful homes. And they've only taught probably hundreds of people <laughs> how to do that in the office. And it's mm-hmm. become second nature now. Mm-hmm. Damien, yeah, okay. does it start with the architect or does it start with the designer? How does it work? Uh, that it, relationship? De- it depends. I'd, I would say we, um, a lot of interior designers come to, come to us. So they'll bring, they'll bring us work. Um, but I think the best projects are always, um, you know, especially ground up homes are always best in a, col- a collaborative way. Meaning, if you and the interior designer are working together about the the character of the home at the same time you're working at the you know the vision of of the mass you know what what the house looks like mm-hmm. um those always seem to be better projects we've we've had lots of projects where you know we might design the house and then the interior designer comes later and those are successful projects i just think that that interaction at the beginning is always is always very interesting apartments are a little bit different right cuz a lot of times and especially in new york city the layout is going to be the layout. The rooms are going to be where they are, and the <laughs> interior designer can maybe come in a little bit later. But um, that's always best, I think. Yeah, I have to say that. Um, well, you'll have a lot of um, single-family homes, but you also have a lot of New York apartments, obviously, since you're in New York. And the New York apartment to me is fascinating, and I have so many questions about it. But part of that is what you're talking about, where. It, it seems to me, and obviously I, I don't really know because I've never, you know, done that, but um, it seems like it's just such a limited, you know, you have this limited space. You can't uh-huh. add on right. unless you buy the next door apartment. And so it's just, it's very restrictive. You know, you can't do that much to increase the natural light. You're mm-hmm. not changing the exterior of the building. Load bearing walls, so, right? You, yeah, like, you've got, you like, can't how- really even move some of them. Yeah. So how, um, and, and, and actually there was this great article, one of your projects that was an architectural digest of a young family that bought a very traditional Manhattan apartment and they wanted to modernize it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like, what does that okay, entail? Yeah. Like how, yeah. <laughs> what can you even do? Well, you know, um, so a lot of, the better, a lot of the great buildings in New York are these pre-war buildings, right? So they're masonry, they've got um, load-bearing walls and so mostly steel, I shouldn't say load-bearing walls. They've got steel inside and pipes inside. Um, and then they've also got a, an old way of living, right? Old maids rooms and old kitchens and pantries, small kitchens and big pantries. And um, so I think what happens when we get involved in those sorts of, of apartments is that the major rooms kind of almost, they usually lay out in the same place, but the challenge is really creating um, those large family spaces predominantly. That's where a lot of the work is. And interestingly, you know, now you have a, you have an architect who has, a, you know, consultants like engineers, right? Both mechanical and structural who can start to, in some cases, move steel. <laughs> um, and, and it's that kind of um, uh, teamwork and expertise that comes with an architect to help 
you know, realize that vision. Because mm-hmm. also New York City is not an easy place to get those sorts of things approved. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think with, you know, the right um, team thinking the right way and with the right, you know, co-op boards and um, owners mm-hmm. who are supportive of those ideas, then you can kind of get that that giant family, you know, room kitchen that you always wanted in the city that in the 1920s, no one ever wanted. <laughs> right. Know? It wasn't even a... It wouldn't be even considered it. It wouldn't be considered. But Why look, would you want I'm, to be in the kitchen? I'm watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Her apartment's mm-hmm. pretty fabulous. She's got <laughs> very large spaces. Are you telling me that everything in New York isn't like that? No, <laughs> no, no. There are definitely, you know, I think um, – I, I haven't watched the next season yet, so I'm embarrassed. I've watched that. it all. Have you? You know, <laughs> do we know? Like, do we know? I'd, I'd have to re- rewind and see what building she's in. Um, I'm sure the inside oh, is different than the outside. Oh yes, that's are, so cool that you could recognize that. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Well, on the on the, on the Upper West Side, especially, there's there's large, like tall ceilings and large rooms, and maybe even larger kitchens. Um, but I don't know if that that particular one is a set or not. It looks pretty authentic to me. So. It does to me as yeah. well. It does have <laughs> a little tiny a great square table in the kitchen. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking in particular of that kitchen. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that may not be original, but we'll. Mm-hmm. But the but it looks original. So it sounds <laughs> like you can actually be more flexible with the layout than maybe I. Yes. Assumed. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. And what's interesting about. <laughs> building apartments is um it's um you know it, the, the shoebox is only so big and this you take advantage of every square inch in new york city mm-hmm. so you yeah. get very creative about not not making dead spaces anywhere yeah well and i think it's for that reason that i have so many questions and i think the new york apartment is a great um example for probably so many of the questions that our listeners have because for example, there was one um, space on your website that had this very beautiful little jewel box entryway, mm-hmm. and but it was clearly very small and had no windows, and I'm sure had to function very efficiently. You know, they've got winter coats, boots, all that jazz. So, like, how do you approach a teeny tiny little hallway entry with no light that you can? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make bigger. Well, I think uh, if from the from the storage perspective or from the decor, you know, from from the architectural perspective, I think you start with a lot of um, you start with finding out where where you could get a source of light first of all, right? You know, it's usually the door to the apartment, and how you can bring more of that in there, you know. And oftentimes it's and this is where you got to work closely with the interior designer, you know, because it is it's the statement, right? As soon as you walk in. Um, is it is it metal? Is it mirror? Is it just uh, you know glossier finishes, glossier paints that are going to bounce light around a little bit more? So you don't. So when the door opens, you don't really feel like you're, or even when the door is closed, you don't really feel like you're in a windowless space. And then it's good lighting, right? What is the lighting above you like that um, that doesn't make you feel like one? You know, you open the door and you don't feel like it's shining right on you, like you're in a spotlight as soon as you get off the elevator. But also that it uh, that it's coming from above and feels soft, that it feels natural. Um, so there's lots of there there's small moves that I think added together, kind of give you the um, the impression or the um, the feeling of light and warmth and welcome. Yeah. 
Well, lighting is obviously something that comes up again and again yeah. with all of the designers that we talk to because it's so important. Right. It's, yeah. right. it's critical. Yeah. All right, Kat, keep going. Keep rolling with your apartment questions, Caroline. You had so many. <laughs> I did. Um, well, so um, another thing that I know happens, maybe not often in New York, but happens is combining two apartments. This, mm-hmm. I cannot even, like, where do you put the kitchen? What, which side doesn't get the kitchen? Where, how do you, you know, how do you, do you, if you've been living in, num- in apartment yeah. number one for 15 years, do you scrap everything you already had because you're totally changing the layout? Like this is just. It can be. I think, um, you know, when you're combining apartments, you have a little bit of a choice, right? You've got to think of your utility sources, right? First, they're coming in two locations and how you're going to get them to whatever location you want. Um, and oftentimes your those locations might be predetermined by your building because sometimes they don't like bathrooms over bedrooms and kitchens over living rooms, things like uh-huh. that, you know, mm-hmm. especially in some for of these water leakage purposes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and also for sound, because there's usually hard surfaces, hard, you know, stone floors. Right. You don't want to hear heels, a lot of flushing like either. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. That's, it's that's fragile, acoustics right? are, yeah, city point. leaving acoustics are huge. So you, you, you kind of, you kind of, if, as long as you know where those sources are and you know what your rules are, where you could have a kitchen, you mm-hmm. kind of, you can propose things that way. Fortunately, when you combine apartments, you, you know, you have two locations that you can work right. with. So uh-huh. you've already made, you've already made it better when you're, uh, you know, two apartments, one over the other, you might have a little more flexibility on the second floor because you're only flooding yourself. Yeah, there you, you know? go. <laughs> so are those uh, acoustical reasons why you see, I feel like we see um, carpet in a lot of these really high level, beautiful apartments. And you don't see carpet a ton these days, but like kind of wall to wall, beautiful, you know, kind of David Hicks inspired patterns or mm-hmm. things like that is that because of the acoustics or is it because they just like the style of it many um many buildings write into their alteration agreements the uh, the requirement for carpet so oh. yes there's an acoustical reason architecturally um there are things you can do to the to the floor buildup, which will either help or um i've never i've never used that in lieu of of carpets but i at that mm-hmm. point i think the interior designers already you know made the plan wants carpets mm-hmm. so it's already part of the the look yeah um so yeah but typically not you know with gallery floors you know of course those are usually bare um so it, i think it what's kind a of gallery depends. floor uh right after you get off the elevator vestibule a lot of these oh, old apartments uh-huh. have the the long wide hallway that you get into yeah. with the principal rooms off of it so um sometimes they have carpets sometimes they don't it's so trafficked and right after you come off the street i, I think you'd want it to not probably be carpet no definitely not yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. let some of that sludge yeah. uh, especially come new york winters first. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. not a, it's not yeah. a a white Christmas necessarily every Christmas here. It, it <laughs> exactly. gets dirty very quickly. Well, in addition to the floor, um, one of your projects, uh, there was literally a quote that was said that no wall was left untouched. Every single one was adorned with paneling or mirrors or lacquer or velvet. In some cases, all of the above. Talk, is, these, is this your decision or is this a decision that you make in tandem with the designer? What is, what's the thought process behind some of that, those choices? Uh, always in tandem with the with the designer 
You know, I think, you know, the the, the interesting thing about, um, and I'm going to kind of turn it to a macro focus, then I'll zoom in on that for a second. But, you know, I think the the design world in general, architecture and interior design, have kind of commingled, especially in the last you know, 10 years. And I think what's interesting about that is that, uh, and where we've been able to uh, be successful in that is because we can think like an interior designer and we work with interior designers who can think like architects. But there's so much expertise in each of those fields that it's impossible to to be all in one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We, t- we take advantage of that from each other. And I think that that helps, um, that helps in all those sorts of cases. Um, yeah. Yeah. Experts get some expert heads together. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so, so, so now you get into, okay, well, we've taken, we've got the apartment into a place where, um, now we, we have to kind of hand the baton, the baton entirely to someone because we're not experts in trim. We're not experts in, 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 you know, different kinds of velvet, but we can certainly talk about, you know, how that fabric affects the, the feeling in the room for sound, right? You know, when you walk into an upholstery room, it just, it just feels different because it's absorbing sound. Um, uh, and the practical reasons, you know, do you really want that on in that room? Because that's where the kids are coming in from off the street, you know? Um, do you really want, you know, um, you know, you want brass in there because it's going to get some salts off, the, you know, off the the boots, you know, that sort of a thing. You know, different different expertises that we can offer that can at least uh, get the owner and the interior designer thinking, okay, well, maybe maybe I'm going to choose something a little more resilient here, and I'm going to go with grass cloth instead of velvet. Mm-hmm. Those are very very different. <laughs> right, right. Um, but you get my drift there, I think. So using your own words against you, Uh-oh. not against you. <laughs> no. I'm in a good way. Okay. How does one, and how do you every day make it so that these homes you've designed are, you know, not cold and feel huge? How mm. do you make it feel personal? Um, I think it starts, I mean, fortunately, you know, we work predominantly, um, in a, in a traditional or a transitional vein, a lot of times, although we do some very contemporary things. So, uh, by definition, the, those traditions have a little bit more detail and materials that are typically um, uh, have have a, a, a value of uh, in in memory to someone, or they're familiar uh, to someone because they were in their grandparents' house, or their their you know something that that feels nostalgic and and warm um but you know i'm probably getting into the touchy feely a little bit too much I, you know it's it, you 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 know what you um you know what's warm i think a lot of people that's a universal almost a universal quality and i think as long as you 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 think of proportion and you think of detail and you think of materials in a way uh, that makes it uh, warm. You're already into the home side of things, and less into the elsewhere, institutional museums, things like that. Now, some people, you know, art collectors, right? They want something that's not necessarily, you know, home-like, um, and you can do things like that. But in the end, you you're not going to hang out in a family room that's, uh, you know white marble on the walls, you know, it's got to have, it's got to, it's got to relate to you. It's got to make you feel safe. And, um, especially now, 
right? You want something to feel familiar and 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 cozy. I've never thought of that idea of familiarity, sort of breeding um, content or mm-hmm. uh, calm or something. You know what I mean? But it makes it makes a lot of sense if you're connecting with something that you know it's something you saw or felt in your childhood, or it resonates from some part of your life that felt good to you. That that's going to feel good again. Um, that's that's very that, interesting. That's a that to me is an excellent place. At least how I, you know, how I furnished my apartment. That's how I started. You know, these were things that that were meaningful to me from either my childhood or my or were something familiar from my grandparents' house. And those were key things that you know behind me right here. This this here. That's a uh, that was my dad's pet turtle (laughs) and uh it fueled you know it fueled a little bit of a a a taxidermy phase right uh and i think that's kind of what happens for a lot of people you know the whole mid-century modern revival right Mm -hmm. everyone everyone wants what their grandparents had for a while right Mm because that's that's that had warm feelings that was a place of safety and and comfort Mm -hmm. and you try and recreate that so you kind of talked in the beginning about how um, you have maybe some new, or either new clients or return repeat clients who are in their homes uh, more than normal mm-hmm. and maybe rethinking their space. So what sort of challenges are they bringing to you that they're trying to solve right now? Uh, you know, it, the the biggest, and I'm not sure it's a challenge as much as a, I was expecting this. I think people want more um, activities. So people that want pools, pool houses, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, just things to do, things to with do, the family, things to do with the family. Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole the 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 trend for the the family, you know, the family room kitchen breakfast that was already there, right? The big, so right. that that the the big uh, open plan for no, you know, for I could think of another word to call it, but it's. Um, even though I want to choose a different word, but anyway, <laughs> it's a, you know, that was already there. So I can imagine like everyone in, you know, in quarantine is really living in that space. That's functioning, but I, it's their new schoolhouse. <laughs> it, that's, you know, but that's the, the, the flip side. That's the surprise I'm getting. And you're getting people thinking about it now, but the, 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 the home study, right. The now his and her offices and now homework room, right. Yeah, right. So the, the craft room is now the homework room, you know, and it, 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 or it should double as, um, and, uh, I think that's going to become, especially the his and her offices. I think that's going to become, and I should say his and his and hers and hers. Right. Um, I, I think dual, that's going to become a, Exactly. Dual, <laughs> off, dual, uh, uh, house, you know, two, two, mm-hmm. two offices are going to be very important or at least making sure that, you know, the day of the, the desk in the kitchen, you know, that someone's yeah. supposedly like writing recipes down on from the eighties. Right. Like no one does that. Staring anymore. at the wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really need an office near the kitchen, you know, um, but I don't, but you really, you need walls and a door, you know, you've got to mm-hmm, be able right. to get on these sorts of phone calls and, and, uh, and do your work now. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. just to hide it away at night. So you don't look at it while you're doing other things, but also so you have the privacy during the day. That makes yes. a lot of sense. We've yeah. talked mm-hmm. before on here about, you know, people walking in or the, the kids walking in or the dog, you know, all of it, it's yeah. all happening 
It's all happening yeah. all the it's time. It's all happening. It's a, it's a, it's the real reality show, right? Yeah, it yeah. really is. I mean, the great thing is it's happening to everyone, so no one can really judge. You know, it's like just having four minutes to go too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's everyone's a little more tolerant, thank goodness. Okay. Well, speaking of London, I had questions Ooh. about London because ah, you started in London. How have the English influenced your your design? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, I don't. I it, it's not just that year. I think that that year started a, um, you know, that, I was there a year, so that started a. I think a love affair with uh, mm-hmm. everything English in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just continued. I mean, it was natural coming back to the States when I started with Ferguson and Shamamian because, uh, you know, they were doing, uh, you know, large homes inspired by a lot of English country homes. Um, and so, you know, it just kept going. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it, you take it all the way to, you know, Brideshead Revisited and then you take it into Downton Abbey. You know, it just keeps going. It keeps and the crown. It just keeps building on itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um so I think what what influenced me in that year was that I was I was impressed by a city that was so incredibly um, at attention. You know, all the buildings are very well cared for. They're very um, mm-hmm. they're very clean, at least you know in most of the neighborhoods. And and there's a care about not only the way the building presents itself, but how it looks in relationship to its neighbor. No one's ever mm-hmm. really trying to to outdo each other per se. Um, and I think that that's that's the whole English restraint, right? That's English mm-hmm. restraint. So there's a re- there's a respect for your context mm-hmm. as not right. only a building, but I think as a people. And I think that's something that. Um, it has a lot. I think it, there's a lesson there for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, you know, uniqueness and and the, the object building and all those sorts of things and the and the the moment, you know, in a room um, that that catch captures your attention. But it has to be the right time and the right moment, mm-hmm. or else mm-hmm. it's just noise when there's too many yeah. of them. A hidden moment is, I think, the most beautiful moment, right? When you don't expect it, you happen to Yeah, exactly. It, it seems just like the Europeans also just have so much respect for their buildings and don't, you know, especially here in Atlanta, if it's even the slightest bit outdated, we're like, oh, we'll just tear it down and build it anew. So, yeah. you know, obviously great for the architects, but right. um, Keep you come, they, have, they do have a lot more history than we do, do yes, too, though. Right. So yes, they have a lot more to work with, but that's true. Um, we could use yeah. a little of that. That mentality. Like they're well, I wonder, older than our oldest houses. <laughs> exactly. True. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the crown and Downton and all that because I feel like it's in such we're all obsessed with those shows and that lifestyle and that, you know, time period. And yet, you know, this is the most casual Right. You know. It doesn't look comfortable. Like, yeah, and so it's it's funny that we're all like, oh, English style, like we love this, but How yet we want the country. breakfast room and the open concept, and we want to be in our PJs, you know, working from home. I'm very British. Yeah, I think that life for I don't know, maybe it's me, but I think a lot of people, you know, you're aspirational, right? You know, there's always something to look forward to, or at least that's that's a there's a little bit of. That's that's what drives some people, and I know it drives me a little bit. I'm I'm a 
I'm a serial planner. Like I have to, and I'm going crazy right now because I'd like to plan my my vacations, right? Can't plan a vacation; <laughs> it's driving me nuts. But um, <laughs> so I think you know when you when you see things that, especially like the way people live, um, and I think and you find it attractive, and you 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 try and create that in small ways because it gives you joy then I think that's, that's the, that's the best you can hope, you know, you can hope for, especially these days. Mm-hmm. And I think um, there's, there's something creatively um, important about that. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, you know, I'm just like everyone else. I've, lo- I've, I've done a meeting in my pajamas. I have not tonight, but I, I've done, <laughs> you know, but you know, I think after a while you just got to get up and you got to put on, you know, some real clothes. Right. Sometimes you got to put on a suit to feel good. Um, and even if it's just for, a, you know, and uh, a moment, it just makes you realize that you're human and, yeah. um, and there's, there's more, you know. But you're talking about, you know, that formality and that comfort and, you know, versus that comfort. And um, I mean, I think there's some of that, or in my opinion, should be some of that in every home, you know, where in Carolina, I know you have it, Taryn, I know you have it and I have it, you know, the place where you lounge, the place where you like, you know, really kick back in your jammies and your socks. And then there's maybe, you know, a beautiful structured chair that has a, you know, a finer fabric on it. And you you feel different mm-hmm. when you sit in that chair and maybe it's where you want to sit when you're alone and you read your book and you have your coffee or something. There's there's those pieces in your home that can impart a feeling on you. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't want that total like sweatpants and fuzzy socks feeling. You want to, you know, like <laughs> you're saying, put on your suit and sit in your chair and feel like a grown-up feeling. I agree. And I think those, mm-hmm. those rooms are always much more interesting too though because you know when if you have a room full of slouchy furniture uh there's really no focus right, right. there's mm-hmm. no there's no crescendo there's no there's no uh, i don't know it's just kind of like there's no interest right yeah they need, hospitable, they need right? to have that yin and yang and push against yeah. each other a little bit for sure well, some people don't like to entertain i mean i think if you do like to entertain then you have to have a chair that you can reach the appetizer on the coffee table. And if it's, you know, 45 inches deep, meant for <sighs> maybe not those, even. I hate those sofas and chairs. You literally need like a, a, a handmaid to pull you out of them <laughs> to help I you am, get up. We're not yep. all 25. Okay. <laughs> and we're, and I'm not, I'm not a tall person. So those, those feedback <laughs> things are just their. I feel like a little, yeah. Like your feet are hanging off the floor. None of it's elegant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to sit in those elegantly. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get the, we can get those chairs that push us out. I've seen the commercials, you know, where you have the remote and they push you out. But no. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying one of those. No, so. you're like no. Yeah. You absolutely have to. You have a few years. It'd have to be designed by someone really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get back to the soundproofing thing because sure. I actually that. You know, I could I can imagine in, a, in an apartment, but that would have never occurred to me if I was building a house that I would need to consider it. So, what sort of, especially like an upstairs downstairs in a house, right? Mm-hmm. Because I added on a second floor, and now if anyone's in the guest room, I hear the minute they wake up because the toilet flushes. I can, you know, I know what's going on up there. Huh. 
guests, yeah. if you're listening, be aware that I know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, like Carolyn says, I never would have considered that. And my architect didn't say anything. Thanks a lot, dude. Um, <laughs> but what are those little nuancey things like that? Oh, nuancey things. Well, the, 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 the not nuanced, but important is yeah. actually hiring an acoustician. These guys are brilliant and they know things that, um, you know, they're, they're able to give you suggestions that I'm always surprised at how, how one inexpensive and small, and they make a world of difference. But, mm. you know, the, the, the big lessons I've learned through all the acousticians that I work with is that, you know, there's a difference between two different kinds of sound. There's, you know, there, there's sound through the air and sound through materials. And, mm. you know, if you want to stop sound through the air, you need mass, you know, you need, you, you need, it's a different, what do I mean by that? Like a, hollow door versus a solid door solid uh. door has more mass so the the noise in the air is going to have a harder time getting through it um and then you know noise through materials there just has to be space between them like there has to be air between them so that it does the noise doesn't transfer through mm. um so I'm you know doing... the bathroom problem that you were just talking about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot a lot of times we time, all as... know karen's bathroom problem <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you know, you use, if you use the right pipes and you use the right um, insulation around it, you know, old buildings had cast iron waste pipes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, cast iron's quiet, very quiet. Oh. Now, you know, since the, what is it, the 80s, the PDC. 70s, PDC, yeah. there's no sound, there's no, you know, there's no qualities mm. to that that are, you know, so now you got to pack it with insulation and, and probably, you know, enough drywall so that, um, you know, on the surface, um, so that it makes things quieter. Mm -hmm. Taryn, you better be taking notes. <laughs> Taryn's lady. building a house. She's getting ready to build a new house. Oh, okay. oh she literally go. has a notebook in front of her, you guys. Um, she's not talking, talking much because she's just literally writing everything down. We're talking to a premier architect. You think I'm going to like forget? No. I'm literally, <laughs> and I'm going to listen to this episode again. So guess what? There you go. Other things. Um, they're very simple to do, but you get a, um, uh, well, <laughs> I know the brand name, but it's a, there's a, a weather stripping around your door, your interior doors, especially kids' rooms. I did an apartment where um, it was a, a, a developer project that we came in for kind of a, a fit out. And the owner asked for kind of a, a quick and, I'm going to call it quick and dirty, but it's just, mm -hmm. you know, what, what can I do without undoing what's here? And um, we added a layer of drywall and added, um, you know, see, it's called a Zero International is the brand, but uh, a little gasket around the doors and a, a drop seal at the door so that when the door closes, it hits kind of a little plunger at the, the side and it seals the bottom of the door. And she's uh, very happy with that. The kids don't wake up. They don't, you know, they wow. can be doing anything, watching television, and they don't need to do that. Yeah. Okay, so when people, <laughs> yeah, when people ask, you know, why yeah. do I need a designer? Why do I need mm -hmm. an architect? These are the reasons. The things you yeah. can't even fathom that are going right. to be problems or that there are solutions for. Like you don't even realize, oh, I don't have to live with this problem. It's yeah. easily mm -hmm. solved if I just talk to someone who knows how, who's the expert. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you won't even know there's a problem until you are already done yeah. and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, then Where it's an you, expensive problem. Yeah. Where do you tell, um, you know, clients 
to spend and save. We talk about this a lot in decorating, but we haven't really ta- asked that a lot mm-hmm. in ar- to an architect. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I think you. Sp- I think it depends on your goals for the for the for the house. Like if you're if you're building your forever house, then you you spend on the the shell, right? If if you're not if you're unable to to spend on everything you want, then you spend on the shell. That means you get all the right pipes in there you get all the right um you know studs in there the right drywall and you come back later and over time you know do what you can afford later for finishes Mm -hmm. um Mm. but but give yourself one or two like luxuries one or two you know my dad always told me when i was younger is like you know when you get paid pay yourself first because then you know Buy yourself a little something because it. Right. So you got to get you got to give yourself a little bit of joy if you're going to spend money on building a house. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Get get the get the the special marble for the master bath, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. the kids will live with ceramic tile or you know, right? Yeah, and a shower curtain, which is right. perfectly acceptable. Right. Until, yeah. yeah if there was some range over. you were dying to have, or yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. That the the range in a kitchen is, is something you use the daily. Anchor. Exactly. Well, so wouldn't wouldn't a, you kind of maybe reduce the size if you can too, and that way you can like. Well, he's yes. saying the forever home, right? That's the forever home. I think if, if you're, you're designing a house, because <laughs> yeah. uh, you won't have any kids forever. Hopefully, they'll leave at some point. If you go through the trouble of designing a house and and you want to make meaningful, um, you know, changes to the cost, you really do have to. Uh, carve off scope you really do have mm-hmm. to take pieces of the house off the, the 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 worst thing or the in my experience not the worst but uh you start you start um having inexpensive finishes um you can never get to the place you want and in the end you end up with something that's so so mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. better uh if you just decide okay i'm, I'm going to deal without one portion of this that maybe i can do an addition later and get the house that i that gives me the most joy right now, even though it's smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But those those are things that can affect the cost meaningfully. Yeah, good yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I have a question. Scribble, sort of hearing the scribble. Yeah, on Taryn's notepad. This, the background. Right, Taryn's just silent. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> when one is um, looking to hire uh, an architect and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you have a firm that has a great reputation. Uh, there are quite a few architects in, within the firm, quite a few principals. How, how would one select the one that is going to be right for me? How do I know with, all right, I know your firm, well-respected, you know, the co-op boards are going to love you. Um, but how do I find the right guy inside that mm-hmm. is mine, gets me? <laughs> uh, specific to us. Or it's just well, in, well, I think in general, I, guess. I, think, you know, I mean, you can go, you can go however you want, broad or narrow. I think if you're you're attracted to a firm and they have multiple people that you can work with, I think you um, you have to uh, I think you have to trust in in their recommendation. Like I think what we do uh-huh. nicely is uh, you know we may um, well oftentimes we get referrals, so there's already a relationship with a particular principal um, or partner. And I think um, if there is a someone who doesn't, we talk about who might be the best fit for that. Mm-hmm. And it, it might be- Depending on the project. Depending on the project. Okay. So it might, it might be location. 
Um, it might be um, circumstance. You know, maybe they're uh, a, a, a couple just starting out and they are building their forever home. And um, you, we, someone else who has done that recently and is available. You know, I think the, the great part of working with um, all the principals and partners is that we all um, are like-minded in a lot of ways. So it, it, it manifests itself in a lot of the work uh, from the firm, what I like to call brandless, right? Like there's, there's not necessarily one, um, there is, there is one point of view, but it's a point of view that's quiet and it's not, it's not any one person, you know, screaming from a mountaintop. And I think that's, that, that happens in, in everything that we do together. We try and, and bring each other along and, and, and push others to, you know, to the right location when they need to. And this would be one of those, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, a a potential came in with, without a particular relationship. Um, but we quickly found out that that relationship was, was, uh, suited best suited for me because I had worked in a similar apartment in that building um, and, you know, was familiar with the layout, familiar mm-hmm. with the, the building itself. But it could just as easily, if I was too busy, gone to a colleague who worked on the other side of the building or... Um, mm-hmm. Or they um, could have asked you questions too. Yeah. yeah. advice. Sure. I think that the short answer is I think you have to trust the the person you're talking to is that is, is going to match you up with the right person and bring them in at the right time. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure this would never happen at Ferguson and Shamamian, but what if you have hired an architect and you're starting your plans and like, it's just not vibing. They're not understanding what you want to do. I mean, do you like, just? I guess my question is, well, my question (laughs) is how important is a personality you know, a and connection. A, a friendship and like a, a connection with the person or is, you know, it's, should you um, not worry too much about that? I think it's, um, I think it's imperative, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're, you're about to embark on a relationship. Like you're going to date for a while, right? right. You know, you're going to, you're going to find out things about that person's life um, and how they want it, how they like to live. Um, you're going to have to have some moments of honesty with each other that, um, will always be professional and polite, but might not be what you want to hear. Um, and I mm-hmm. think, so you have to be able to, to, to have that sort of a relationship with, with someone. So if you're, if you've gone down a road and, and you're not feeling it, it's a little bit like other relationships. You got to kind of cut. Break up. Well, right. if, if it's just not right, you know, if it's just right. not right. They or, feel it too. Here. Yeah. Or you figure out a different way. Like this might be one of those moments where I go to my principals and I say, you know what? I'm not this person's guy, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, Tom, my colleague, Tom, you can be, you know, yeah. can I introduce you to, because we want yeah. to, we want to finish this project. We want to help them. Um, that would be, that would be my first choice before ever being mm-hmm. in a situation of letting someone, you know, go. Cause there's nothing worse than disappointing anyone. Right. So, well, being disappointed. What might be worse? Or, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. That is worse actually. Well, we talk about this just jokingly among the three of us about how uh-huh. we each have our style and know our style. Do you find you lean a certain, there's some like a certain style that like 
when a project comes around, you just are like mm. the most excited. Oh my gosh, this sounds, this is so, it almost feels personal. Ooh, <laughs> it is. Um, it is. Well, you know, I've been fortunate and it was kind of circumstances, not because I was from there um, at first, but I, I'm fortunate that I, you know, when things come up in Colorado, I get excited. Um, <laughs> why? Because I, 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 not, I, familiar um i but i also i've i've always since i was young wanted to improve on it <laughs> and uh -huh. that's my that's my small contribution um so uh what is it so that already kind of puts me into this um more uh casual relaxed sort of architecture mm -hmm. um, but what probably gets me the most excited is when someone is interested in um designing around uh their art like someone who, oh, who, okay. who has who has art um mm. i uh you know one of my favorite interior designers brian mccarthy um he uh, is a huge you know he's an art lover um and he loves to start with you know what people have on their walls and he goes from there and i think that's that's admirable to me because i think oftentimes you'll do a an interior and then you'll and then you'll then you'll decide what you're going to hang on the walls and it's mm -hmm. it's just a little back backwards a lot of times you should if you're going to hang something on your walls whether it be decorative art or high art it has to be something that you love or that you enjoy looking at so and those are harder to find yeah. than the right fabric quite frankly mm -hmm. so you gotta you, you kind of gotta start there yeah, that makes sense. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's from Katie and she writes, hi there. I love your pop podcast and can't wait for a new episode to pop up every week. I have a dilemma in my kitchen and I'm hoping you can help me with it. We have been in this house for almost three years. We have not done anything in the kitchen except paint the ceiling. It was the same tan as the walls and so dark and and replaced the three pendants over the island, which I now can't stand because they are always look dirty. I wanted to update the kitchen without completely gutting it. I would like to one paint the walls two replace the backsplash three paint the cabinets, maybe, but trying to avoid four replace the pendants and go from three pendants to two large um, five new table and chairs six a Roman shade over the sink window. All right. So then she writes, the granite is not my favorite, but I'm hoping you can suggest a backsplash to update it. Do we keep the stone back backsplash behind the stove? Um, the other problem is picking a paint color for the walls. I'd love to keep the cabinets the color they are simply to avoid the hassle of having them painted and talking my husband into an additional cost. Currently, they are a creamy color. The walls in the adjoining living room are a similar color. So I'm having trouble finding a color that works with both the living room wall which is Benjamin Moore White Sand <laughs> and the cabinet color. If the answer is to paint them, what color do you recommend? And do we paint the island too? The trim in the kitchen is the color of the cabinets. Painting the trim white will make the cabinets look yellow, right? Yes. I'm just going to answer that one. And as I'm writing this, I'm realizing painting the cabinets is probably the answer. Oh, my gosh. She answered it. This is great. No. <laughs> Katie just needed to write us and work it, it out. out. You just had to work it out. You just had to work it out. Thank you so much for calling in today. We're good. <laughs> 
Okay, and then <laughs> we'd love to have an electrician move the boxes from the pendants and just have two oversized pen. Okay, so yeah. Uh -huh, so. Um, and then a new table and chairs. The current table is from IKEA. We purchased as a quick fit when they had a small child. We are a family of five, and my two-year-old is currently sitting on my lap for oh, meal. Oh, girl! No, no. Um, this needs to change. Absolutely. Any suggestions for a table and six chairs that are family friendly? I've attached pictures that show the kitchen and adjoining rooms. Thank you so much for any and all suggestions. Your podcast is a wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Well, yay, Katie. All right, y'all ready for me to all describe? Right. Wait, let me describe, Damien. Don't even start. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. So it's open, like you're saying, an open floor plan, living room, kitchen, eat-in kitchen, and then kitchen. Um, but really all she wants to talk about mostly, I think, is the open kitchen, um, the coloration of the walls and everything. So she has a floating island, as most islands are, um, that has a, sort of a dark mahogany wood base. All of her countertops on the island and in the kitchen behind the island are that speckly granite. Not that yellowy one, but more just sort of a sand, taupe, gray cream if I had to give it a coloration. Mm -hmm. Then her cabinets, like she said, they look light gray to me, but maybe they are sort of a, a off-white. Um, and then she has, um, between the cabinet and her granite, square, they look to be square, matte tiles. They're sort of, a, maybe they're rectangular, sort of a stone. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. They're, I mean, meh. And they have, and then there's a little black square trim in there. It's not great. That tile really feels so dated to me for what's going on. And someone did an accent tile, so you know, you know, they were. Yeah, there's an accent tile going what on. What kind in of there. accent did it have? Two different types of accent tiles. Yes, there's like yeah. a square medallion, and then a little square. Anyway, um, and then she does have a window over her sink, which she wants a Roman shade, which I don't think is the dumbest idea ever. I like it, Katie. And then, I mean, come on, y'all. She has a table that doesn't even seat all of her family. She needs some seating for her family, but it's just a nice little simple table, black with black chairs. It looks like ladder back chairs. So now it's your turn, Damien. <laughs> You're allowed to wow. speak. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, just based on her letter, I think um, it probably is – is helpful for her to understand where her priorities are like first and foremost like i think you know um and then weighing it against where you're going to get the most bang for your buck so here's here's what i think about that typical room right your your range hood and your island are carry the most weight in those sorts of spaces so unless you're going to replace those you have to work with them so uh, she should think about things that complement those sorts of things. Um, the light fixture issue, um, I think, is it you should you should always shy away, in my opinion, from um, matching your fixtures too much. <laughs> so you know your your island fixtures, which are doing one sort of work, should not look like your fixture over by your breakfast table typically because it's doing different work, and um, you know, if you really wanted to take the focus a little bit inward too and, and emphasize the island, that fixture might even actually have, you know, it might be a pot rack light kind of combination to really kind of give the kitchen some weight. So one um, large fixture as opposed to... One large fixture, mm -hmm. maybe something a little linear if it's a longer island. Um, mm -hmm. 
so that it, you know hopefully it will work with the range and the hood in a way that kind of gives the kitchen kind of inward focus um and then you have to you know you have to use the 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 paint color and the a little bit of the furniture to kind of try and bring in the breakfast room and the the living room right because it's all one space now so it's, you got to design it you know, mm-hmm. as, as one space. Right. Um, but the kitchen is all hard surfaces, right? So the breakfast room maybe, um, and it sounds like, I always like round tables mm-hmm. just in general mm-hmm. for bre- for small families and, and, and breakfast in general. Um, and I like, uh, she has, she has children, but I, you know, I like a little upholstery on, on chairs in a, mm-hmm. in a breakfast room. Cause I think it softens things up. Um, mm-hmm. and your window fabric, you know, right. Sombrella yeah. or performance. Yeah, exactly. We're not afraid anymore. Okay, good. Um, and then I think, you know, you have to think about maybe your, your, not just your Roman shade over the sink. You've got to think about your windows at the breakfast room and the family room, maybe mm-hmm. all talking to each other with the right treatments. And in general, I would try and bring a little fabric there too because i think you know if your breakfast room is just as hard surfaced as your kitchen it it's just not it's not comfortable it's not cozy mm-hmm. it's not right. you know it doesn't feel like a living space it feels like right. a utilitarian space mm-hmm. there's no charm no right. charm now the backsplash yeah. backsplash that's always hard Mm-hmm. Um, and it, with all those materials she's got going on, there's no, um, it's grabbing, every, it's grabbing your attention mm-hmm. too much. Um, if it were me or, you know, I, so I like a lot, oftentimes when the, when the countertop wraps the backsplash. Mm-hmm. So finding a matching granite is probably not going to be possible. Um, so, you know, you might, you might contemplate replacing the the countertops at the same time as the backsplash and coming and that would make a world of difference like that alone yeah. would would transform the kitchen mm-hmm. more than probably paint yeah yeah i actually like the color i mean it's of, well, of what wait, of what yeah oh well she was talking about painting her cabinets like oh you like the pink okay i guess i'm i totally agree with with you damien like you can paint the cabinets sure but is that going to really change i mean unless you're painting it a color you know blue mm-hmm. green dark if you're just painting it another white like i mean unless you've got some real damage on the you know the paint's chipped or yeah. something that you're trying to right. fix the problem i just don't that think tile. that a, a fresher white yeah, is gonna i think it is make the, a big difference the problem is the tile and i think mm-hmm. you know the two the different tile behind the you know if you wanted to keep the tile behind the range as its own animal which is sort of a you, like a stone I mean, what is that? It looks, like it looks just like granite. Stone. Like a stone brick or something. I'm sorry. It looks like a brick. Yeah. yeah. Then maybe sorry. your backsplash should be painted like the walls and you should get yourself a short a short backsplash. Like let all that focus be on the range. I um, mean, could you just pop that tile off and drywall it under there and keep the, sure she could, the stone yeah. over the range and put in some drapery panels and a round table and call it a day? And she And if could. she's like really obsessed with the lights, you know? I have I had two suggestions for her, product specific. Mm-hmm. So okay, we have this fabric called, and I totally agree with you, Damien. Like she needs to add some win- some window treatments to that um, breakfast room, and we have this fabric called our Becca 
floral fabric. And it, I just looking at the pictures and, you know, she should order a swatch obviously and, you know, hold it up to her cabinet color, hold it up to the wall color, et cetera. But um, it has really creamy whites in it, lots of taupes, some grays, some blues. And I feel like it'll really just kind of um, bring all of the colors that are in the granite, yeah. the adjacent room, the cabinets. I think it'll bring all of those together. Mm-hmm. Um, and Here's the best part. We sell a drapery, I'm, and I'm not. I'm just not just trying to be a Ballard commercial, but um, we sell a drapery panel that's ready made. But then we also sell fabric by the yard, so you could get the, the ready made panels for your breakfast room, and then you could order yardage and have a room shade made for over your yeah. your um your sink. And then the other thing that is a um, Taryn's colleague, Oliver Car- colleague, but. Um, Zoe designed this genius light that I think is so smart that I'm going to tell you about it, about it. And I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to, so it's called our Margot uh, double pendant and it has two um, essentially lampshades. So it's, it's like a double pendant that has two lampshades on it, but you can essentially um, use any, pre-made lampshade on this pendant. So anyway, I think it'll give the height, Damien, that you're talking about, or I'm sorry, the weight, yeah. because it's more fabric. Like linear, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's linear and it'll have, you know, it'll have more of a pre- presence and um and she could have some fun with, you know, a pleated lampshade a with pattern, a pattern or a color. I mean, she could get something that she likes right now and then change it in two years. Or you, you, so, might, you might want a shade though, that you could actually clean easily. Though, yeah. Too, how do you I feel about a true. shade in a kitchen? Cause she, right now she's got clear glass pendants and clearly she doesn't, she feels like they're hard to keep clean. Mm-hmm. And how practical do we think that is for a real active kitchen? As long as you can wipe it down, I guess it depends on right. the, the shade that, you know, yeah, uh, right. fabric would make me would make me nervous because I think you would get, you know, grease grease kind of over time. You know, it's right across range. from her stove, from her range. Yeah. You yeah. know, in my kitchen, yeah. I have she an owl island, and mine's not anywhere near my where I cook. Mm-hmm. It's sort of where we hang and talk, so I think it'd be more appropriate there. But I don't know if I'd want it super close to my range. I don't know. Could she just couldn't she just get a new set of shades every Throw year? Them away. That's yeah, true. Yeah, true. I mean, that. I mean. It's, she it's a standard it. size, mm-hmm. so it's not like she's got to right. get some fancy. Anyways, maybe I'm sure there are lots of other there. You know, yeah. there are lots of fabulous lighting choices. Yeah. Um, but I just liked the weight of that one, so that was why I suggested it. But no, I agree. Anyways. I do like the idea of, like you said, Damien, a linear shade. I mean, linear, linear something that goes down the the length of that island. And mm-hmm. and when you're saying that it. I can't remember the exact word you use, but it's something about, you know, kind of pulls that area into itself instead of mm-hmm. letting it sort of flow out into the whole rest of the space. So it feels a little more contained. Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense, you know, and, and and I feel like if she like right now she has a, that dark uh, wood island and she has black stools. And maybe if the stools were more of a contrast, that would also kind of push it into itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't think that. It does. I don't think the island necessarily needs to change color, but if the stools were more, mm-hmm. you know, closer to the value of the of the kitchen cabinets, yes, that might that might tie them. I think you know yeah. what's interesting when you say the uh, the pulling inward. I think each location is almost a node, right? The breakfast room, the family room, and the kitchen should all have some sort of inward, fo- you know, feeling. Mm-hmm. So 
the breakfast room by the nature of its kind of concentric you know qualities mm-hmm. i think it's it's already there the kitchen is big and it needs more and the family room you know, I, I see a lot of floor space probably because of all the, the children, but the furniture is so far from the fireplace. I think, you know, you have to figure out how you're going to maybe add pieces of furniture to get yourself closer while still, you know, keeping some floor area. Right. She and had so that, so she that, has that feels inward assembled facing. the family room so that there's a big, I'd say, five foot traffic area between the fireplace and the sofa and stuff. Like push all that up to the fireplace and walk behind the sofa. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and then I was going to say our Andrew's table is great because it's a 60-inch round and uh, it does come with it. And you can buy the glass topper too if you're worried because of kids. So, um, But I love the idea of doing a pendant over there and a round table and getting some fabric, to your point, some soft chairs, the drapery. the Yeah, and then do what do you all think about paint? She asked about painting the whole space, like the walls. Eh, None of our paint bothers Kind me. of a fine – yeah. Damien, what do you think? I honestly feel like once she decorates and like really decorates, none that some of this stuff is not going to bother her as much. Yeah, that's. I think she's just she's lacking um, balanced lighting in the room. So I think you know once the lighting is balanced, meaning you know I think the island. Once the island is has a is throwing light, it either you know downward and outward, and so is the breakfast room, and the and the the living room. I'm sorry, the family room has more lamps in there. I think you'll you'll start to realize that the color is probably less offensive at that point. Not offensive is the wrong word, but less bothersome. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, color is one of those things that it looks like it's an you know an overcast day. It's always nice to see it you know during the daytime. Um, and and well lit. I'm a big fan in general of, uh, it, especially of, of these sorts of rooms. I think you you hit the nail on the head um, when you said like it's not going to be a blue kitchen, right? Or it's it, it's or it, it it's a very bold idea to make that a blue kitchen when it doesn't it won't talk to the rest of the room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know staying in the neutrals would be I think helpful and. Um, you know, I painted my entire apartment one color because it got to be too too much for me thinking about, you know, it's just the background to, to everything else, the the interior design of the room. So I, I don't I don't know if she should be so focused on that color just yet. I think fix some of the uh, the lighting and fix the 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 the, the window treatments and, and then probably decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Later down the road. Yeah. 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 At least to your worries, Katie. And yeah. I think uh, put a rug in that in that little um, dining area. You can get performance rugs. Um, you don't have to worry about food and spills. And I think, it, like you're saying, it needs to warm it up and sort of delineate that space. That space is a separate space. And I think mm-hmm. that would help that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice though. You got a lot it going is, on I, in there that's really positive. There's a there's a lot of great yeah. space there. And I you, feel like she's got a better situation. I feel I feel like she seems very down on her space, and it no, uh, uh-uh, it's I good. Think it Katie. looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. She just needs a few accents. Yeah, our least favorite thing is your backsplash. <laughs> <laughs> and by we, I mean me. <laughs> she probably feels the same way. So you're probably okay. yeah. Don't worry about yeah. your cabinets. They're they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, be yeah. incremental too. I mean, if you're not if you're not in a rush. You know, do mm-hmm. do a little at a time and, and, you know, think about it along the way. Good design takes time. So, yeah, right. you know, give, yeah. give yourself time. 
That's I think start advice. with a table because a kid eating out of your lap. That's true. Terrible. Start with where you eat all your meals. <laughs> I think there's mm-hmm. a life yeah. improvement to be had there. So yeah, immediately. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> good luck. Yes, good luck. Send us updates. Hopefully that yes. was helpful. Hopefully. And, uh... Well, we're giving her your phone number. If it's not, she's going to call you. <laughs> you didn't know that was part of this? Oh, yeah. It's part uh, of the no, deal. No, no. Sorry. Uh, she's your pen pal now forever. <laughs> uh-huh. I, you know, I love a pen pal. That's great. Excellent. She will. She'll write, Dearest Damien, I still have a kid in my lap. I, I would be interested if she does do something, you know, send, you know, she should send pictures. Right? And, and I'd, yeah. lo- I'd love to see it. The after see? photos are always the best, honestly. They are. They are. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves a good before and after, right? It's just like a. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damien, can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work? Uh, hashtag Ferguson Shamamian. Um, that's the best place. That's where the work is. All right. I love Easy it. enough. We also have a website. Um, <laughs> just Google Ferguson and Shamamian. Yeah, FergusonShamamian.com or, you mm-hmm. know, I'm only, I'm new to Instagram. So that was the first thing on my mind. So, um, <laughs> no, I, and they, y'all have a beautiful Instagram. Yes. And mm-hmm. keep an eye out next year. We'll have a, another one. So hopefully oh, it'll awesome. be more, more Great. inspiration. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast.ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy happy decorating. decorating.